none other than the Caged Apollo. Hi folks, how are you doing today? Uh, quick update, I have moved us about five inches to the right of the washer. I feel like we deserved a small promotion after our raving success of episode one. <laughs> Reached uh, millions across the world, some might say. <laughs> We're coming to you on this Wednesday afternoon at uh, the Electric Factory, or more known as uh, Cage's Laundry Room, also our studio. Um, and the reason I uh, emphasized Wednesday is because um, Wednesdays are going to be our usual recording days. We're trying to get on schedule right now, and though our audio might not be as best as it is kind of right now, since we're doing this in-house, um, eventually we're going to, you know, I'm going to be back in school out of state, and we're going to try to make it work. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try our best, but yeah, we're planning on a Wednesday release day for future so we can do uh, game previews for the upcoming week as well as also start to talk about the previous week so it kind of works in between the Thursday night game start and after the Monday nights. So uh, as of now, tentative release dates will be Wednesdays and there will be definitely a couple weeks where we might have some audio differences since uh, Mike will be back in uh, his homeland, Connecticut, and I'll be still sitting underneath the... Uh, house in the basement where uh, my laundry and dryer are so uh yeah michael you uh you excited for thursday thanksgiving i'm a little excited yeah but i think what excites me more is that our, our first episode has been out for about three days now and i think we've hit like around 75 views um all together on our site and on our soundcloud so thank you thank you so much for your support already um we hope to keep you as fans and we're, we're trying to just build up a loyal fan base right now yeah it definitely beats the pessimistic 20 you said episode one so all i'm saying is thank you to everyone who proved michael wrong <laughs> you uh definitely did well so let's try to break that number i want i want to hit i want to go from 70 to like 1000 i think that's a very reasonable goal for episode two so i don't i don't, I don't know about optimistic that. optimistic buddy but uh you know what else is optimistic? How about uh the Chiefs and Rams looking forward after the Monday Ooh, night game? That was I mean, I I I have to eat my words now because I I said in the last episode that the Rams and the Chiefs it, it wasn't going to be anything really special because I mean it was a Super Bowl matchup, but at the same time like it wasn't really like it's they're they're not definite like shoe ins for right, the Super Bowl. But I mean, dude, Super Bowl matchup or not, you ha- that was arguably one of the best games I've ever seen. <laughs> As the Monday Night crew said, it was the best Monday Night football game that they have seen. <laughs> that they've ever seen. The Monday Night football crew likes to talk about Monday Night football, as we're learning. Um, they said it broke many Monday Night football stats. And it also you know, stats all, all time, too. Yeah, of all time, Monday Night football. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just talking about that game, since we didn't really get to recap in our last episode, I, besides just how phenomenal it was, it honestly was just a surging powerhouse of just two of what I think is the next two greatest offenses to come in the NFL for the next few years. Yeah, them and the Saints definitely have next year. I mean, the the Patriots are, I mean, they have Tom Brady, so they're, they're kind of on the fall off right now. But it's, it's exciting to see that these teams that weren't too, like, too good in the past couple of years just really start to rise and become like legit contenders yeah i, I mean looking at this right now they they, they combined for a thousand and one total yards um it was 105 points the third highest scoring game of all time which quick quick aside fun fact michael do you know what the second 
highest scoring game of all time was? It was uh, Browns-Bengals. Oh, yeah, it? my Browns, baby. <laughs> back in the Chad Ochocinco days. Chad Ochocinco <laughs> days. Yeah, back then, we we have the second highest scoring game of all time, and uh, since 2004, I don't remember the last time the Browns have put up that many points. But <laughs> I don't think they've had put up like that many points in up until now. Like, yeah, combined. probably, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, and the crazy thing about the game to me, honestly, was it wasn't, like, the defenses were very, they couldn't do anything. But the defenses weren't totally terrible. I believe the defenses accounted for 21 of the total 108 points. Yeah, and I mean, they held, I mean, the Rams defense, like, held Patrick Mahomes, like, at the end of the game. It's yeah. Like, it's not like he was gunslinging the whole time. He threw, like, one or two picks. He it? threw, so he threw two in the last couple minutes, but yeah. he had one earlier in the game. So he ended up having, I think he had seven or six touchdowns. It was six, six touchdowns, six touchdowns sure. and then he had uh, three interceptions. Not a bad ratio, to but, be honest. Uh, no, but. I mean, I mean, far none. And honestly, if you think about it, the last two interceptions were garbage time interceptions. Well, it, it, it wasn't was, it wasn't garbage time necessarily. Right. It, was more, it was more crunch time for the Chiefs, but um, but like Mahomes Jordan, was slinging it. Like yeah. he wasn't really making reads or progressions. He was just throwing it down the field and trying to make a play. Yeah. And uh, Joyner ultimately made the game-winning pick for the Rams. Yeah, or like how? And I mean, how about Samson Ibukam? Which I might be pronouncing that wrong, as we've learned last episode. For some reason, defensive players I just cannot pronounce for the life of me. He had two defensive touchdowns on the game. Granted, they were or they were caused by Aaron Donald's monster plays, but nonetheless, that's 14 points right there for the Rams. I mean, Michael, do you have any thoughts about this game or anything you'd like to add in as well? Well, I mean, what I what I really enjoyed about this game is just a classic like shootout. They're they're only like I think both teams had less than a hundred rushing yards, but like, and that's crazy considering that the Rams have Todd Gurley, an MVP candidate, and the Chiefs the, have, the Chiefs have Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, two. I mean, arguably, easily two top ten running backs in the NFL. You can argue they're two top five running backs in the NFL. So I mean, just for them to both have a hundred less than a hundred yards each. And for it to be that high-powering of a game, it, it honestly kind of sets a precedent on the future of the NFL. And uh, this is actually a good segment to our next topic, um, a debate, I guess, that Michael and I have been preparing <laughs> to talk about. You see, I, I, I've been waiting for this all day. So I'll preface it. Um, a couple days ago, I believe it was, well, I believe it was yesterday, uh, NBC's Pro Football Talk and Peter King both had a quick about seven-minute video discussing how the offense in the NFL just honestly controls like the league and how defense really is just stumbling behind the superpower offenses around the league. So Michael and I have discussed and we've you know both listened to the video and have our own topics and we're discussing how I believe the NFL could potentially do better or have a better defense flowing with 12 men on the defensive side. And uh, Michael is uh, very adamantly against that that take. I'm not so against it. I don't think it's just necessary because I think that, like, there could just be easy rule changes made that could, like, fix this. There doesn't need to be another position added to the defense because, like, think of this. Like, say it's a goal line situation. They're playing man, and you're about to run it up the middle. What? So, like, an, there's an extra guy that's just there. He's, like, an extra safety or something, and he just takes down your guy. Like it's it's it it makes but no like, sense. But the thing is, it's you look at it, and I mean, obviously, this is hypothetical. Neither of us are NFL coaches. We we don't game plan, but you watch it, and these offenses are just scoring and putting up points so easily. 
it just feels like defenses and I believe Peter King was the one who said this quote. It just feels like they have every game they play with three hands tied behind their backs. Well, that's that's like, because of the rules that. And I I agree, to. rules heavily favor offenses. Heavily, I, honestly, I can't think of any rules that are hindering the offense. Well, yeah, and it, there there are just more rules that keep getting tacked on year by year, and I mean recently, I think this is just a knee-jerk reaction by the NFL adding a new tackling rule where you can't lead with the head or the crown I think they define it as and I mean that's just reactionary from Ryan Shazier's injury like it and it's unfortunate that that had happened to him but there are that is like a one in like a very very rare chance of like something like but, that happening. and then I mean the thing is though Michael you say that they need more rules hindering the offense but like what rules could you make because honestly the like like what like there honestly aren't that many offensive rules you can make besides maybe like affecting the pass interference rule maybe making that like a set yardage maybe um i've talked to people on twitter maybe defensive some defensive penalties aren't automatic first downs like i like that this is this is what i'm thinking because it's not that we need to add more rules to like hinder the offense it's that maybe we should kind of ease off a little bit with some of the defensive rules like you you ever notice when like late game situations when antonio brown just makes an amazing catch and it's nine out of ten times it's by the sideline and that's because he's playing with the rules to his advantage it's not like the corner can throw him out of bounds anymore so maybe that's like something to consider like maybe the nfl can loosen up a little bit on some of like the sideline defensive i agree I mean, they say it week in and week out. You even hear commentators during games. They, they need to let them play. Yeah. And and I agree. It's just, I I mean, I enjoy obviously watching. The Monday Night Football game was spectacular. Like I said earlier, it was one of the best football games I've ever watched. It was but, entertaining because there were a lot of scores. But I, is that what the NFL wants? And I think that is. I mean, look at just look at some of these scores. So we had the Chiefs versus Rams Monday night, 51-54, 105 total points scored. Rams versus Saints a few weeks ago, 35-45, 80 points scored. Chiefs versus Patriots, 40-43, 83 points scored. Browns versus Raiders, 42-45, 87 points scored. Like, these are all in the 80s to 100s. Like, and those weren't all. Like, I could have found more that were in the high or, like, 80s to 100s of points. And it's just, at like, I get it. People love to watch points scored, but, I mean... The Ram, uh, not the Rams. I apologize. The Vikings Bears game on Sunday. We didn't really speak about that much, but that was a very defensive game. It was a very low scoring game. Very low scoring game. I mean, hell, even the Pan- um, not the Panthers again. I'm getting teams mixed up. The Steelers Jaguars was a very defensive game for a good half before they came back. Like those aren't bad scoring games. Are not bad scoring. Those aren't bad to watch games. Well, yeah. I mean, but we're we're. I think we've become too accustomed as NFL fans. Of just wanting to see highlight like offensive plays, like I well, I, I I enjoy watching the low scoring games, and there there have been a lot like this season, but they just don't get talked about as much as like games like the what we saw on Monday night. But because all of a sudden now we're hailing the Chiefs and Rams game as game of the year already. It's because I think it's because the NFL markets it to play. I mean, think about it. I, how many times do you, I mean, me and you might look it up, but a casual NFL fans, how many times are they going to go on YouTube and look up, you know, Antonio Brown's sick highlights versus Khalil Mack's sick highlights? Like, it's it's just stinted one side way more than the other because 
most fans, and I mean, I will say most fans do enjoy seeing crazy offensive showdowns or crazy catches or crazy 90-yard runs and hurdles rather than Khalil Mack shoving a bunch of fat linemen to the ground and tackling the quarterback or, you know, um, like Jalen Ramsey making a sick diving interception. Like, fans just aren't as accustomed to wanting to see that, and the NFL realizes that, and they clearly market and love these high-scoring games. And so they kind of stint the rules of the NFL to favor the offense. That factored in, plus these crazy new offensive-minded coaches like Sean McVay, you know, Andy Reid's a great coach. These coaches who just come up with these absurd plays that we're not used to, that defenses aren't used to, that are favoring the offensive rule sets and are putting up these crazy points. Like, I just feel like something should be changing. I don't think it'd be crazy for a preseason one year for them to have a 12th person on the defense. I, I mean, I, I would have to see, I would, I would have to like think about that more because it, it, I, I don't see why there should be a, a new position added when they could just, you know. Well, it doesn't like, have to necessarily be a new position. I mean, they could be, you know, another cornerback or maybe. But like, still, like, I mean, if you're just in the nickel all the time, like obviously it'll make like it, it'll get the result that you want. It'll have lower scoring games obviously because like you're at a disadvantage on offense okay but, but do you think do you think if 12 defensive players on the field do you think that the defenses are always going to win do you like you do you not think off like good offenses like say say the chiefs or the rams played a team with like 12 men like a middle of the pack defense say like the panthers do you really think that one extra player is going to now shut down the chiefs or rams I don't think it's gonna shut down the, the like the Rams or like a, a hot, like a hot offensive team, but I I think it just really just will change the dynamic too much of like how offenses game plan. I I it really it really would confuse me because you got to take into account like if you're like zone defense is now viable like in every like playbook because you could just have an extra safety or an extra corner just sitting back and maybe just doubling like the offense is like top receiver for example like all the time like say like aj green is just locked up by two guys the whole game like yeah it, I, I i i i get that and i i understand i mean obviously we're no spokesperson the nfl probably isn't going to see this and they probably even if they saw peter king and pro football talks discussion they're not going to really think about it it's just it's an interesting conversation piece yeah it, definitely it's definitely hard nowadays to like be a defensive player 100 percent. because like they i mean because of a lot of these like rule changes i feel i i think that the new tackling rule has probably attributed to a lot of defensive stars like falling this season just being on ir like i think there are a total of like 260 ish players on ir and i'm just going to read off like a couple names here like a couple of key like defensive players that are just on um injured reserve right now because maybe of this rule. Juan Alexander, Mo Milkerson. We should probably be playing like taps in the background for this. Or True, something. honestly. We got, we got Vernon Hargreaves, Sam Aiko, Dominique Easley, Keanu Neal, Chris Conti, Ronald Darby, Nakeep Talib, who's, I mean, returning this season. But yeah, but still, you know, still on, still was on IR. Yeah, the, these are all like integral players. Keanu Neal, for example, he played literally in the first game of the season, Thursday night, Falcons- Eagles, and then he went down, and now yeah. the season's over. He, yeah, he 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 went down. Uh, yeah, it was pretty unfortunate. Uh, and Ronald Darby is one of the more recent losses for yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, and he was a big league. piece to them. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just 
but like I also don't feel like these players as as unfortunate as it is, I don't think these players are the reason that offenses are dicing them up. I mean, maybe the well, Buccaneers, yeah, but the, well, that's not really my point. My point is that we're losing a lot of good defensive guys because of these rules that are kind of putting mm. defenses at disadvantage. And I mean, you can easily argue because last year we saw a lot of big name offensive guys offensive go down. Players. Yep. Like Aaron Rodgers went down for a good part of the season. Deshaun Watson's rookie year was cut short. Joe Thomas. Joe, <laughs> Joe Thomas, RIP. Joe RIP is last play his uh, last game. Part of that uh, infamous Browns team. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you that Julian Edelman last year. Julian Edelman, yeah. That was another one. And I mean, there were still, the, I mean, a good amount of defensive stars like J.J. Watt went down. Down, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it's, like we like I said, it, it's definitely an interesting conversation piece. I feel like, obviously, whether it actually is a 12th man or whether they lighten up on the defensive rules, I think we both can agree that something needs to change um, just to, like, fluctuate the overpowerness of the offenses in the NFL. I agree. I agree. Um, but I mean these are definitely two options that are going to be talked about. Like, yeah, I'm sure the, the competition committee will talk about all of this. I mean something's sure going to get talked about this offseason. 100%. There's going to be some change. Whether minute or big, something will happen and I mean obviously we'll just have to be uh we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, obviously, debate aside now, uh, I think it's time for us to get into kind of the meat and potatoes of this podcast episode, the game previews. So we're going to, I think, really quickly just kind of brush through all the games, not spend too much time, just a quick overview of our thoughts, you know, who we think could come out winning, and uh, why, and whatnot. And uh, so, Michael, you want to start with the Bears-Lions? I know you were interested in this game. Yeah, so, I mean, Bears-Lions, earlier today, um, Mitch Trubisky it was declared as probably out for this game where we're going to see Chase Daniel and which really confuses me because this whole time I mean Cage and I were literally just talking about this before we like started recording that but we thought it was Chase Daniels yeah with an S this whole time it's it's crazy my mind was blown five minutes before we started recording I mean I I honestly have felt like every ESPN like Sports Center, every you know NFL Network thing that's ever talked about him they've always said Chase Daniels but it's Chase Daniel. Yeah, it's like it's, it's another example of like the Mandela effect. It's like it's like people who argue like the pronunciation of Berenstein and Berenstein Bears. Bears. Yeah, it's, it's 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 just like the Mandela effect all over again. Like there's an alternate universe. Probably, I know alternate universe. Daniels. Or honestly, I think we stick with this NFL controversy theory. First Dean Pease last week. Now we've got Chase Daniel thank this God week. Dean Pease is okay. Also, yeah. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God Dean Pease is okay. Quick update: He's back. He's back. He's back. He's home. He's healthy. Ready to lead that that Titans defense. And we'll all probably forget about him in two weeks. Bring our boys home. But Dean Pease is okay, folks. But yeah, like it, it's. I, I never knew it was Daniel, but name aside. Yeah, back, thought, to, back to the game. Thoughts I mean, about the game, Michael. Chase Daniel. Well, I saw this tweet from Tom Pelissero, um, and it actually made me chuckle because. It, it's this is Chase Daniel by by the numbers here. It's he's been on five teams. He's been released by seven. He's only started twice, and he has one touchdown pass. But all in all, he's made twenty six point six million and from I, his whole career. I think. I mean, I will say, I think a big portion of that of that money he's made was was it the twenty sixteen Eagles? I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, the twenty sixteen Eagles. Where he didn't Eagles, even play because Carson Wentz took. They over. signed him to that monster contract, and then they drafted Carson Wentz. And then they got Sam Bradford in a trade. Yeah. And then they just they, like they that was it. Yeah. They they paid basically. They had three starting quarterbacks being paid basically, and then that was it. 
So I do think that's a big portion of Daniel's money. Or sorry, see Daniel's right. Daniel. No, 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 you had it right there. You had it right there because the apostrophe yes. Okay, well I'm sorry. I'm not. Uh, never mind, folks. The grammar is not with me. But anyways, big game for the Bears. Um, it, it's. It, I think honestly, it, this is like to prove if they're legit or not. Yeah, I because mean, they're. If they le- can win with le- Mitchell Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky out. Yeah, they're leading the NFC North. They're. Seven and three. They're playing the four and six Lions, and the Lions have been like kind of dicey this year. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Panthers last week. They beat the Panthers last week. They they have random hot streaks, and I think it's just all like growing pains for Matt Patricia as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, I think the Lions are definitely like not a team that would be considered a cakewalk, but at the same time, like this is still a winnable game for the Bears, despite their starting quarterback being out. So before we go to the next game, quickly, who do you think is going to win, Lions or Bears? I'd like to see the Bears. Because that's, like, right as, like, my family's starting to come over. I just want to see that happen before I get sad. Yeah, true. I I mean, yeah. I I, I would also like to see the Bears. I think uh, winning tomorrow would definitely be kind of like the nail on the coffin for... Hope us uh, potentially win the NFC North. Um, but yeah, so next game we've got another NFC showdown. Uh, we got the Redskins and Cowboys as we kind of preface Sunday. Colt McCoy or Daniel Colt McCoy, as we learned. So another Daniel um, <laughs> taking it up in Dallas against Dak Prescott, who uh, they've been streaking a little bit. They've won last two or three last two games since uh, they're by. They beat the uh, Falcons last week and the Eagles the week before, both big games. Personally, I'm a little interested in this game. I think, honestly, it's going to be a lot closer than people think, even with Colt McCoy starting over Alex Smith. Um, He, first of all, he's been in the system with Jay Gruden for a while. So there's definitely going to be a little bit of uh, growing pains with throwing to receivers and kind of on-time stuff like that. But I really think he knows the system, obviously. And he's a decent backup quarterback. Like he, he was a starter for the Browns on a, uh, as I say, a decent Browns team that I believe won five games. So... To them, that's a decent Browns team. But, uh, I, I, Michael, do you thoughts? I mean, I also think the Cowboys' defense is sneaky good. I, I do think they have a really good defense. Yeah, they have Demarcus Lawrence. They have Demarcus, they have Byron like Jones, yeah. Jalen Smith. Um, and these are all guys that have been in the system for a while. Leighton Van Der Esch is playing great. I love Leighton Van Der Esch. I know you do. Yeah, I know you do. I think he's one of a defensive rookie of the year candidate for me. He's, he's definitely going to succeed Sean Lee very well. And I, I don't think the Cowboys should regret drafting Van Der Eich that early but anyway my, my thoughts on the game I this is anyone's game the NFC East is up for grabs now potentially because Alex Smith is out and the Cowboys are literally knocking on the Redskins door right now mm. and I think whoever wins this game is going to ultimately take over the NFC East for like at least a little bit because the Eagles are not too far behind and the Giants are up and coming. Yeah, the Giants <laughs> they're, they're are apparently no longer... streaking too. They beat uh, Nick Mullins, which they shouldn't have beat him, and they beat the Bucks. So who knows? The Giants are apparently right back in it. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm going to stick with my gut, and I'm going to say Cowboys. It's Thanksgiving. Got a root for apparently the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I also think Dak and them are getting in the groove. I think Amari Cooper helps. I'm going to say Cowboys. I'm going to say Cowboys too. Cowboys. All right, the final Thanksgiving game, we've got Falcons at Saints. Michael, give me your takes. This is – the best game of the day, obviously, and I'm and I'm oh, very glad that they agree. made it the night game here, mm-hmm. because the Saints are obviously one of the teams to beat right now. They're I think they top the NFL's power rankings right now, and then you have the Falcons who are probably looking for a wild card spot right now. I I, I forget if they're close enough or not. They're I believe they're another four and six team. Oh okay. Yeah, because they've they've lost the last two to the Browns and to the the Cowboys, but. 
Four and six, honestly, they, they can still make the wild card. Yeah, it's, they'll it's, just have to turn it around probably around. Yeah, so they, it's a must-win game, basically, for the Falcons. Yeah, it's they from can't here go on four out, and seven. Gotta, yeah, they got to ride or die like from mm-hmm. here on out. But, I mean, I, it's it's a home game for the Saints. And, obvi- honestly, I, I can't really see the Falcons pulling out a win right now because the Saints are just clicking on all cylinders. And I, and I oh. thought they would struggle on offense a little bit because last season they had, like, the two-headed beast of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. But the two-headed beast is yeah. even stronger. And well, the, and, and Ingram was suspended for the first for four games of the yeah. season. and But Kamara has taken the workhorse role very well. It's not even, like, Ingram's the main guy anymore. It's, it's just no. all Kamara. But the thing is, it's so helpful that when Kamara needs to get off, they literally have such a nice fresh set of legs in Ingram. It, he, they have another strong running back. So it, it, it benefit, benefits that as well. And then you have Taysom Hill who just does everything. And Traquan Smith. Uh, you Taysom Hill. No one knows what position Taysom Hill is, but this dude does everything. <laughs> he's officially listed as a quarterback. quarterback but he's their kick but returner, punt returner. He wide receiver. Wide receiver. Tight end. I tight end. He's running, coming at quarterback. He's played in. He's played running back too. I, I think Honestly, they, run, they need to throw him in at center one day. Have him snap a ball to Drew Brees. That'd be funny. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, yeah, they also have Traquan Smith. They signed Brandon Marshall, who I don't think he's played yet, but he might play tomorrow. Yeah, they had Des Bryant for very briefly. I, I would have loved to see that happen because, uh, I mean, I think that would be a very good addition. But I, I like. Unfortunately, he obviously tore his Achilles. Yeah, and I, I like the move that the Saints aren't giving up on getting that, like, tall veteran. Yeah. But getting Brandon Marshall, I really like this move because they can. It, it's going to accompany Michael Thomas really, really well. Yeah. All right. So uh, who do you think is gonna win? Uh, I I think the Saints. It's by, it's. I think yeah, Saints Saints know they've got to win to get the number one seed because now they're still in it for the one seed. Rams only need to lose one more. So yeah, I'm I'm yeah. with Saints. Um, next game we've got Giants at Eagles. Michael kind of prefaced that a little bit. The both of them are at the bottom of the barrel for the NFC East. Yeah. Giants actually after like I said squeaking out a win in San Francisco. And then beating the down in the dumps Bucks are now three and seven, literally one game behind from the defending Super Bowl champions. They they could win this game and take third place in the conference or in the division. I apologize, which is crazy. I, I I'm not that excited for it. I I feel like it'll kind of be a snoozer or it'll be a shootout. Both defenses are very poor this year. The Eagles is nothing like their championship defense. The Eagles offensive coordinator honestly has been putting this team down. I really think he's their weakest link. The fact that he's come out and he just says, I don't know what to do with Golden Tate, the wide receiver they <laughs> traded for to kind of bring them to the next hey, level. Hey, hey, I want a Golden Tate. Can you get him for me? Yeah, I've never heard anyone, like, ask to get this trade to get this player and be like, I don't really like, know how to use him. So like, uh, we're, we're in the we're in the digital age here. Just go on Google and see how to use Golden Tate. Tate. Yeah, for real. I, I, it's crazy to me. I, I, I Like I said, I feel like the Eagles are going to win. They have to. I think the Giants are a faux three. Um, three-win team, like I said, two of their wins the last two games were against two of the worst teams in the league. Well, that that may be true, but I'd like to disagree there because I think the Giants might be on the up-and-up here because they have some pieces, some good pieces. They have Landon Collins, probably one of the best safeties in the league. They have other defensive guys. They have Saquon Barkley, probably offensive rookie of the year. He's, yeah. he's 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 the running back that the Giants have needed for years. I just feel like Eli as a whole is is it, not not only Eli, but I feel like Eli and the offense that Pat Shermer runs kind of just like it doesn't mesh well with everything on the I team. I think it depends on what Eli we're going to see on Sunday because we it, it they could still play like they did against the Bucks mm. or against uh 
Who did they play before that? The uh, the 49ers. Yeah, the Bucks and the 49ers. Yeah, or they could play like they did every other week. Uh, so are you going with the Giants? I'm going to go with the Giants because, ah. I mean, they finally got Odell Beckham going last week mm. against the Bucks, mm-hmm. And I, I, I honestly really like how they're finally passing to Evan Ingram, who has sat on my fantasy bench for weeks mm-hmm. now because I keep thinking he's going to do something well. And he easily could, but it's just that Eli doesn't target him. And now that they kind of are... You saw that, like, towards the end of the Niners yeah, game. Yeah, he's producing. He's producing, and it's helping them drive down the field. It's not like it, they got to put it all on Saquon or Sterling Shepard all the time. But I, I feel like they're starting to get it together, and this is a big game for them. And it, obviously, on paper, it's probably going to be a snoozer, but it's really important for one of these Both teams. teams Both to, these to teams. To come out with a win. Yeah, if they still the, the, the NFC East is still alive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll let you take the next game, switching back so, yeah, and forth. We, we got uh, the Jaguars at the Bills. Another um, fun one, folks. Another fun one. The Jaguars are kind of falling off the face of the earth, but the Bills are fasting. Uh, fasting. They're falling even faster. Yeah, I was going to say, the bill, don't even say the Bills are fastly moving up. They are falling down no, even they're faster. they're falling. It's, I mean, it, it, it's just a... Who is, who's the quarterback starting for the Bills? I genuinely don't know. Is, is it... it Peterman? No, it's not. No, Peterman's released. That's no, another. It's Matt Barkley. It's Matt Barkley. It's still Matt Barkley, and he threw a touchdown pass to like a defensive. Oh yeah, Matt Barkley, offensive lineman. Matt Barkley put up Jets. like forty three against the Jets or yeah, something. Yeah, they beat the Jets. But I mean, this is the Jaguars' defense is obviously much better than the Jets. All yeah. I mean, it's a Bills home game, so anything could happen. Like the the Bills mafia. Bills just, fan, yeah. Bills mafia they just is crazy. The most disarray. In the <laughs> it, it's it's just like. There's so much randomness. It's just like the entropy levels up in Buffalo are just insane. Yeah. Because just anything random will happen up there. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to take Jaguars on this one. Uh, you know what? Flat. I'm going with the Bills. Buffalo Bills Mafia is crazy. I think Matt Barkley is going to dice him up again. Maybe he's going to realize that they have LaShawn McCoy and Kelvin Benjamin and Charles Clay. And, you know, they actually have pieces. I'm going with Bills. I'm, I'm not going to take the Bills until Josh <laughs> Allen comes back. All right. Well, we'll see. So next we have the Seahawks Panthers in Carolina, much more exciting than Jaguars Bills. Uh, this is another huge game um, with a ton of playoff implications to it. The Panthers have lost two in a row; they don't want to lose three. The Seahawks are still alive, like we said previously with the Falcons, another four and six team. They're desperate to just run the table and win out to make a playoff spot. Both teams desperately need to win. The the Panthers can't afford to slip to. Six and five, I believe. Yeah, it'd be six. I think so. Yeah, it'd be six and five because they just lost to the Lions. Yeah, so so the Panthers cannot afford to lose another game, while the Seahawks can't afford either. The Seahawks have to win every other game, so it's going to be big. I I feel like the Panthers have the edge on this one. Uh, Were they six six and four? Yes, six Six and and four. four. I apologize. They're six and four. So yeah, they can't afford to go six and five. I think the Panthers definitely have the edge. I don't think I think they were supposed to win the game against the Lions. That was just Ron Rivera going balls to the wall, two point conversion. Well, I mean, it was also Graham Gano blowing to Graham Gano. Yeah, yeah, true. That would have won them the game if they made it. Like the Panthers' offense is honestly very good. This this offense resembles, I think, their 2015 team. I really I really like how they're one of the last teams that make the West Coast style work right now Mm. because they have. Newton and McCaffrey, who are, they both can run. Yeah, they're both. Newton is a, for as big of a unit as that man is. He the, he's a very good runner. He's a very nimble man. Yeah, he's very nimble. Well, like the Seahawks, their defense just I don't think they're going to be able to match the Panthers. 
And as far as their offense, Russell, the hustle, bustle, and muscle man Wilson over there, <laughs> he makes magic happen. But I think with it being in Carolina, I don't know if he'll be able to make enough magic happen. I'm going to go with the Panthers on this one. Yeah, I, I, I agree on that. All right, Michael. Raiders, Ravens. Give me your takes. Raiders, Ravens. Um, I feel like the Ravens, the Ravens are at a crossroad right now because they just had Lamar Jackson start. I honestly think 100% that Joe Flacco is going to start for this game because Lamar Jackson didn't really – he he won them the game, but not by much. It was still very close is, there. Is Flacco healthy? Do we know? He's been practicing, right? I, I haven't heard anything of him I'm not, not sure, but I'm assuming yeah, I'm it would assuming be a so big too. story if he wasn't. Weren't. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. I, I agree. I think Flacco will start, but I'll let you continue. Yeah, and I mean, the Raiders are just – I mean, Gruden just – has screwed the Raiders over so much mm. and I, I maybe like they're finally gonna get it together I don't think they are it I, I really just don't have much to say because like that is just a dumpster fire going on in Oakland hey Derek Carr said that uh he, he he'll accept when fans are pissed that he didn't get them the first pick so Derek Carr's trying he's trying one man on that 53 he's roster trying. he's trying to win Derek but, like when you have Jordy Nelson just calling it a career in the middle of the season and yeah, it's and it's just, just not it's, the locker no, the room. The team you is not trying. No, they don't. Yeah, it's. I agree. I think honestly, regardless of who starts for the Ravens, packing up for 2019, the Raiders are. But I, agree. I think I think the Ravens are just going to take it at home like fairly easily. My my heart wants the Raiders to win, so an AFC North team loses. My gut and football person says the Ravens are, yeah. are going to breeze. I'm so happy <sighs> I get to talk about this one. The 49ers <laughs> versus Buccaneers. So. uh as the number one Nick Mullins fanboy in the continental U.S. <laughs> Mullins mania. <laughs> Mullins mania, as I as I tagline it. So, hashtag Mullins mania. My boy is going up against the Bucks after he was robbed of his win against the Giants two weeks ago. And I'm, I'm going to watch this game. The Buccaneers are another dumpster fire team. They, they lit up yards after yards every week. They put up... Well, that's because their defense has been injured. Well, they put up 500 yards, I believe. It was against the Redskins two weeks ago, yeah. and they scored three points. Did you know that, Michael? Um, I did not. Yeah, they I'm put up 500 concerned. yards against the Redskins two weeks ago. Correct me what team it was. I believe it's the Redskins, and they only scored three points. That is... That's abysmal. That's just really sad. That's really sad. They just, I mean, that's... I guess they just can't convert. I, I don't. Mean, I didn't watch. The there's game. only so much that you can do yeah. with Mike Evans in your offense, and only Mike Evans as your only weapon. As your much. only, yeah. I mean, like you said with OJ, yeah. It's, it's OJ Howard has been. Well, they have Deshaun Jackson. Well, yeah, they have Deshaun Jackson. But I agree, but Deshaun Jackson's an over the top kind of guy. Like, you can't he, just throw fly routes the whole time. No, yeah, you can like, and Deshaun Jackson isn't the one taking hitches because he, he he takes the flies. He t- he's Deshaun Jackson isn't going in the middle of the field. Yeah. For possession, but yeah, I, I think Nick Mullins comes out slinging. I think Matt Breida is finally actually for once this season is getting healthy, like healthy, healthy. So I think he's going to be a huge factor. Uh, I definitely take the 49ers in this one easily. I mean, Jameis Winston might put up some fight because he got his job back, but I think that team has just no identity and like on both sides of the ball. And I think they're going to lose. I I mean, I I, I probably agree with that. I'd like to see Jameis do well, but I mean, I kind of got to hop on the Mullins Mania train for this. Mullins Mania, folks. Everyone, ju- choo-choo, let's choo-choo. go. Choo-choo. All right, Alrighty. Michael. Browns-Bengals, a.k.a. the the matchup that scored the high, second, second highest amount of points in 2004. In 2004. Um, we got Baker back from the bye. We have Andy Dalton, who is 
doing well on offense for some reason. Their, their offense is rolling. So I think the big matchup of this game is Bengals offense against Denzel Ward, Miles, Miles Garrett, and the Browns defense. I think the Browns defense, ha- they're probably top five in the league. They, they've accumulated like a lot of turnovers. They uh, they do- they lead the league in turnovers. They still lead the league? They still lead okay. the league, I believe, with 23. Yeah. Um, they lead the league with turnovers, and they are one of three or two teams, I believe it's three teams, that have a turn takeaway. Um, sorry, they lead the league in takeaways, not turnovers. Okay. We were rephrased. Turnovers would be May- Baker Mayfield throwing. Yeah. They lead the league in takeaways, and I believe they're one of two or three teams in the league that have one takeaway every game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let you take this game, obviously, but the Browns' defense has been very impressive. Yeah, it's, I mean, and guess who likes to throw interceptions on the other side of the field? Andy Dalton. Dalton. Andy Dalton, though he has been hot, they they finally have gotten things going. With I mean, Tyler Boyd has done wonders for that offense, mm. but I think Andy Dalton has still not solidified himself as like one of the 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 big gunslingers in the league. Mm-hmm. Even though he's been in Cincinnati for a long time, he's he's been one of those guys that have just been like a cornerstone of the offense. But at the same time, it's just um, it's he's like the most. He's like if you were to rank do a quarterback ranking, he's 16 on every ranking. Yeah. Like he's just literally always the middle. He's not terrible, but he's not like he's not like an elite. He's he's number 16 on the ranking. Yeah, he's just a flaming hot Cheeto. Mm-hmm. And he, he just twirling I, in the wind. Yeah. I mean, I I I like the Browns for this game. I I, I think it's, so too. It just comes down to if Baker can produce and, and if and Nick I, Chubb can and produce. If Nick Chubb can produce also. I mean, they had a week off to work on things. I think they'll be ready. Yeah. So uh, Jets or Patriots at Jets are the next game. Uh, to our knowledge, as of now, as we're recording this, Sam Darnold still is not practicing. So it definitely does not look good. He geared up today, but he didn't he, practice. Well, he geared up, yeah, but he didn't practice. So he put helmet and shoulder pads on, but he didn't practice. I- I'm gonna say if the Jets are smart, they start McCown. Um, they don't want to put a half healthy future franchise quarterback out there on the field against a Patriots D that is going to still be mad that they lost to the Titans. If I'm still mad that they lost to the Titans. I, I, the Titans, listen, the Titans showed why they lost. I mean, look at their amazing performance against the Colts last week. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I think this is going to be a tough one. But it's also the Jets. They gave up 43 points to Matt Barkley. Like, this is this is a bad Jets team, too. They, they drafted Darnold, and, you know, you thought maybe they had pieces around them. They were going to do well. They, Jamal Adams is phenomenal. They've got a Leonard Will, Leonard Williams, I believe. Yeah, their defensive yeah. end. But they're just not really doing well. They're, they're kind of – their gears are stuck. They're not really moving. Sam Darnold being injured kind of stagnates it because as much as I love Josh McCown, I think he's a future coach, you don't want to run that offense at this point. You want your young guy to learn. I think, like I said, as well as the Patriots still mad they lost to the Titans – I think they're going to come in there and kind of just lay a beating on their little brother Jets. I don't think it's going to be as close as most people are going to think it is. I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout for New England because at the same time, like as much as we, I mean, as much as Patriots fans want to see just Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman dunk on the like Jets defense, it's, it's probably going to happen, but Josh McCown is on the other side. He's, mm. he's on the offense for the Jets, so... Josh McCown is very unpredictable in this situation. All he right. could he could easily like keep the Jets like right behind the Patriots up until like the fourth quarter. It's one of those things if like Josh McCown can just find Quincy Anua or Robbie Anderson throughout the game, 
because the Patriots still don't have that second corner that like I'm comfortable with saying he is that definite number two guy. They have Stephon Gilmore and then just kind of disarray after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, it could be close. It could not. I, I like I said, I think an angry Patriots team is something that no, no 31 other team in the league wants to face. I'm going with the Pats. Yeah, I, I, I got to go with the Pats too. All right. It's it's not. I just think it's just not going to be a complete blowout mm. but it's not going to be like a down to the wire game either fair fair uh cardinals chargers michael thoughts so josh rosen came off a pretty good week yeah they yeah, lost he, but it was he, he played well he, he hit up christian kirk for a long bomb mm-hmm. larry fitzgerald is finally getting incorporated into the de- into the offense i think mm-hmm. he has four touchdowns in the past few games yeah yeah he's, he's finally well. he's finally becoming like a, a solid option on the cardinals offense i think they're starting to get it together but the Chargers are one of those sneaky good teams that are, are definitely right now. It looks like they're gonna get one of the wild card they, spots. They, they should. It, it would be shocking if they don't get the fifth seed. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did I'm, come off a, a stunning loss to the Broncos. Yeah, though. that's that's what kind of like is making me a little iffy right now. All of a sudden, because like the Chargers have the pieces, but I mean, maybe it was just a trap game. Mm. For all we know. Yeah. I mean, we know Phillip Rivers does not do well against Von Miller. If you've watched the game, they've said it. Um, yeah. Von Miller sacked him like 17 times, 16 times, I think. Yeah, around that in, um, in his career. <laughs> yeah, in his career, which is crazy. Uh, so it could be a trap game. I think also this is just a very, like like you said, the, the Chargers are, it would be crazy if they don't make the five seed. They would have to plummet this last act quarter of the of the season i think like the chargers might be a little uninspired at the moment because i remember when we were watching the game like the chargers broncos game it was in la but i think it was it felt more like a home game for the broncos well and that's the case almost every week i think that's with an la game like i honestly feel like even if you watch the the rams games i feel like la is just this weird fan base right now it's it's just a melting pot right now because of like a bunch of these for decades, fans. fans, there was no teams. So all of L.A. was dispersed fans of all different teams. Yeah. So now there's, there are just prominent fans. Um, yeah. With that being said, I don't think even if Cardinals fans travel to L.A., I, I don't think a stumbling Cardinals team, which I, I think will fire Steve Wilkes at the end of the season, is going to pull off a win. Um, just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it would be – this might be a like – this could be a sneaky good game. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to go with Chargers to be safe. Yeah, okay. Uh, next we have Steelers at Broncos. Um, Broncos, like we just said, came off a, a great, stunning win against the Chargers. As we've mentioned this podcast before, 4-6, and six, we feel like that's kind of like a bubble. Like They could still make the playoffs if they run the table. They have to play very well, but they're obviously playing a very good Steelers team that is kind of running the motivation after being down 16-0 against the Jaguars and still winning the game. It's in Denver, so there will be an altitude difference, which it does give them a little bit of an advantage, but it's going to be tough. The Broncos, I just feel like Case Keenum is such an awkward match. I just always feel like John Elway does a very tough time getting quarterbacks. He was a great quarterback, but just looking at the long line of quarterbacks besides Peyton Manning, which, I mean, Peyton Manning, you can argue after tw- after his record-breaking 2013 season really wasn't wasn't that much he didn't do much yeah he won the super bowl and, and, and then he retired yeah that's but like that his 2015 year where he won the super bowl he was he was benched half the season yeah he had they, like they benched injury, him right? no the 2015 like some... he threw like six picks or something 
it was like four to through six picks against the Chiefs in 2015. Yeah. It was around week eight, and they benched him for Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah. Osweiler led them to the playoffs, and in the wild card, they benched Osweiler right before for Manning, so Manning could lead them to like his glorious playoff run. Oh, yeah, run. I remember like week 17, like it was like a WWE esque like plot line where like mm. Brock Osweiler was like playing, and like at the like during the game, like the commentators were like, we're definitely not going to see Peyton Manning today. And, and like, then, Gary Kubiak just runs down the field yeah, and, then and just like, throws Manning third, in. Yeah, third quarter, Peyton Manning comes in, and everyone's like, oh, I didn't expect this at all. Yeah. And, it, then, it, and then, like, the rest is history. But, I mean, after that, dude, look at the quarterbacks they have. They had Trevor Sim- Simeon, um, Paxton Lynch, who was a boss, first-round pick, that he played, like, three games in his career. I don't think they um, gave him enough time to I, I don't know. Play. I think I think he was just very raw and I don't think like I said I think very John Elway raw. has just had a tough time picking quarterbacks. Um they have Jim Kelly's uh grandson or whatever I forget his name the the kid who went to Von, Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly he went to Von Miller's party got so inebriated he forgot where he was. Yeah, um, I don't, he he's uh in case I, Keenum, I don't really want him under center. If no, he's going to do that. Exactly. And then there's Case Keenum, who had his you know MVB candidate year against the Vikings. And then it's like every team forgot the seven other years he's been in the league where yeah. he's won like three games. It's, so he's a hundred percent a system quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why John Elway forgot about that and decided to throw like bags of money at Adam, him it, it, to be like, hey, can you do what you did in Minnesota yeah, uh, here? It, and then Case Keenum's like, I, I'll try. I, I I think there are teams that can run the table. Like the Falcons have very well could. Um, the Panth not the Panthers, the Seahawks very well could. As far as the the Broncos, I don't think so. I think the Steelers kind of walk away with a win on this one. All yeah, right, I, I agree. Dolphins, Colts, Michael. So hit me. Ryan Tannehill's back. Mm-hmm. For the first time in a month, Brock Vember never happened. R.I.P. Yeah, I mean the Dolphins are back to full strength, or I mean as closest to full strength as you kind of give them do, credit. Do you for. think they purposely benched Tannehill just so they could have Brocktober? Well, Tannehill, think, Tannehill was hurt. Do we know though? Do I, it's it's a coincidence. Tannehill's hurt the second October started. I don't think Adam, Tannehill's back the second October ended. I don't ended. think Adam Gase would be that dumb of a head coach. Brocktober, my he did well. What do you mean that he dumb? He did okay. He I think he did he go two and two in October. Yeah, but it's not four and oh. I, I don't I know. Mean, Brocktober search shirt sell. I'll I don't look. think Tannehill was gonna do the same thing. All right, I'm, but I'm I mean, just, we're, I mean, we're sticking with NFL on conspiracies. The side, on the flip side here, I'll let you keep going. Andrew Luck has not been sacked in five or six weeks, you said? Five weeks, I believe. Five weeks. The, the, he's looking to make it six. And that's the recipe for, I mean, the Colts doing so well in the past couple of weeks because they kept Andrew Luck clean. And I, I really appreciate rookie uh, guard Quentin Nelson, Nelson for that. Quentin Nelson is one of those guys who's going to make a name for himself as an offensive lineman, which mm. is hard to do. The last guy we saw it with was... I mean, Joe Thomas or Joe Staley. Uh, we, we, there, there are very few like linemen that like you can point out perennial and be like, linemen. Who, yeah, you can point out and just be like that. That's the guy. This is the guy that like we want on our team. I do believe I, I can double check. I think Ryan Kelly is still injured, um, which would be a little bit of a blow, or he might be coming back. I could be completely wrong. So, uh, but that that center, that's a big piece. I think um, I think they can get it done because I mean who's on the yeah Ryan Kelly is out so I mean that that that's what I thought so uh, it's a little bit of a blow but I think they'll I still think be fine. the Colts are going to be in the driver's seat for this mm-hmm. one I, I mean I don't I don't think maybe I, I'm assuming that since we're talking about it now it's gonna not happen but Andrew Luck is probably not gonna happen I mean not gonna get his 
six weeks in a row of being clean. I think he's gonna get hit at least like once. Yeah, he's he's gonna get he's gonna get a little tussle. He can't go that long. Yeah, it's um, it's it's just bound to happen. But, but I mean the good the good line. I mean it's it's helped Marlon Mack look like a stud. It's given him time to throw to receivers like T. Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, who's having you know a career rejuvenation in yeah. Indy. Um, I, I definitely agree. I think I think the Colts walk away with a win on this one. I, I agree. All right, then we got Sunday night Packers versus Vikings. Both of these teams are just their season is up in smoke. People are hitting the fire alarm in Green Bay and in Minnesota. Fans are running around frantic. This is not what I think either of us expected. I think um, going into the season, I th- can at least speak for me where I feel like both teams were front runners for top seeds in the NFC. Uh, and now all of a sudden we're just looking at stumbling teams. The Packers gave like blew the lead to the Seahawks Thursday night last week. The Vikings got you know stomped on by the Bears. It, it's a tough game, and honestly, both these teams really need to win. Kirk Cousins needs to prove to us, needs to prove to you know Mike Zimmer, needs to prove to you know everybody that there's a reason he's the the highest paid quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he needs to kind of do what he does and forget that Mike McCarthy's the coach and be the coach <laughs> and the quarterback of the team. Well, Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man, as we all know. Aaron, Aaron, I, 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 I only picture him now as, like, him in his cowboy, like, costume now. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers, it, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, hopefully, you'd think maybe, I think the Packers can get the edge only if, you know, Aaron Rodgers reminds Mike McCarthy that Aaron Jones does exist. Yeah. If Aaron Jones, I think that's going to be a key factor. If Mike McCarthy forgets what a running back is, I do think the Vikings walk away on this one. Yeah, the the Packers can't be one dimensional here, but I I feel like if they get this win, it'll be a big win for them. And I think like Aaron Rodgers could have a shot if they win this game to mm. run the table again. Mm. <laughs> I guess he's he's done it so well. I think whatever team loses is done. Yeah. I think whatever team wins, honestly, might still be done, but they have a better chance. I'm going to give the edge to the Vikings only because I think their defense is better. And I think after an embarrassing Sunday night loss last week, I don't think they're going to go for Sunday night abysmal two weeks in a row, Michael, Packers, or Vikings. I'm going Packers. I, I think that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He's, he's not going to let this, like, screw up happen. True. He's, he's not going to completely give up on this season this early. All right, fair. I, I agree. I think yeah. I think Sunday night football is going to be good. Unlike Monday night football. <laughs> Monday night football. The last got... game we got talking about. Uh, very contrasted games. Michael, take it away. We we have ourselves the Titans and Texans. Oh boy. In Houston. Fun. And it's it's a kind of interesting game because you have Marcus Mariota going up against. Is is he playing though? Actually, I don't know. We that. don't know. It might be Blaine it... Gabbert. So Mariota or Blaine Gabbert. Mariota or Gabbert, playing Deshaun Watson. Who they're on a seven-game win streak? Or? Yeah, they're 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 rolling. Or eight? Is it seven? I think it's a seven-game seven seven. win streak. Yep. They're rolling. They have they've finally gotten DeAndre Hopkins going. They failed to do that last year, and I think that, I mean, despite Mike Vrabel and his Titans, and Dean Pease. and Dean Pease, I think that the Texans are just going to take this one, and it's it's going to be an ugly game. Mm. It's in terms of it's just going to be a lot of mistakes. But Deshaun Watson is going to make fewer mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I think it being in Houston helps. Um, I, I don't think after the Titans were embarrassed last week, I don't think they come back angry like the Patriots. Well, the, you see, the, the Titans beat the Patriots in my eyes because they just have the best 
game plan for the Patriots because they're made up major like of a good percentage of them is made up of expatriates. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind again, up until you know their their smack that the Colts laid on them, the Viking or not the Vikings, geez, the Titans were the number one scoring defense in the NFL. So their defense was no joke. It honestly wasn't bad. Uh, Dean Pease, give him the credit. He was good. Uh, I just don't think that they're going to really push it back, and I don't think they're going to stop a seven-win streak Texans in Houston on Monday night. I, I, I don't think that they have the firepower to on offense. Uh, Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry have underperformed. Um, we don't even know. We might get Blaine Gabbert. Like, we, we might not even yeah. get Mariota. If it's Blaine Gabbert, that's going to be even tougher. The AFC South is going to be decided between the Colts and the Texans. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Texans on this game. I'm going with the Texans as well. So uh, that that leads our uh, recap for the week. Now, uh, what I'd like to introduce to our podcast, my favorite segment that I came up with weeks ago in my slumber, Grandma's Cookies, Michael. Do you want to do you want to preface this? Oh, I'll us? preface. So everybody knows Grandma's Cookies. Everyone loves Grandma's Cookies. They're steaming hot, delicious cookies, chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, great cookies. They're cookies that you cannot wait to have. Cookies you cannot wait to eat and to head to see at Grandma's house. So Grandma's Cookies is every week, Michael and I will each discuss briefly one thing, whether it's a, a game, a player, a matchup, anything coming up in the week that is so desirable so good and exciting so delicious so delicious it's like grandma's it's like, cookies blah. you cannot wait for sunday thursday sunday or monday to see it to have it to enjoy it so with that being said my grandma's my cookies for the week is the uh seahawks and panthers game i think honestly looking at the like lineup this week i think it's going to be a really good game the uh seahawks have come back from their law or come back from almost losing to the Packers last Thursday night. They're thick in the playoff hunt. If they can run the table, they're still in it. Russell, the hustle muscle man, Bustle Wilson, like I said, is he has magic. I mean, like we prefaced in the game recap, I do think the Panthers have a stronger team, and I do think the Panthers are not going to try to lose three in a row. But that's why I think it's so exciting. I, I honestly think the the Seahawks could pull it off. I think. They have a solid defense. Bobby Wagner, it like definitely runs the show there. Um, Russell Wilson makes magic. They have they lead the league in rushing yards per team. They have that three-headed horse of Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, and uh, I'm blanking on their third. Mike Davis. Run- Mike Davis. None of them are like premier running backs, but they get the job done. Um, I'm, I'm definitely very excited. I'm gonna watch the whole game and I'm ready. I go. Uh, what's well? Give me your cookie. I think my, my my cookie recipe of the week. I'm going with uh, the Bears. I really want to see them do well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see someone come out of the a- the NFC North mm. and actually be a contender. And I feel like right now that the Bears have the best defense in the league. Just just by having Khalil Mack inserted into that lineup. They just spark everything that they've done so far. Mm. And this is a huge test for them because their starting quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who's been keeping them alive on offense he's mm-hmm. been having himself a very good year mm-hmm. he's out yeah so if i think if the bears can pull out a win today i mean not today tomorrow, tomorrow. sorry um they can easily i mean i think they're they're just here to play they're they're, they're going to be contenders you're excited i for think it. i think they're legit michael they michael tomorrow. might be eating grandma's cookies watching his grandma cookies of the week it's it's yeah it's fun i mean i don't think we're gonna get to, to dessert that right. early tomorrow but 
I, I mean, know, for some reason on Thanksgiving, like, families eat around, 12, like, 12.30 p.m. That's, is never too early for a nice cookie. That's all I'm saying. All right. But, uh... So, this is this is a good point for us to, to wrap up the yeah, episode here. I think uh, that's all we got. Uh, yeah. Before we kind of head out, say our goodbyes, uh, just want to follow us on social media if you're definitely a fan. We, we're enjoying doing this. We're excited to keep doing this. Our Twitter is uh, first and number 10 pod. Our Facebook, it's first and the symbol 10. Uh, you can check us out on our website. First, our SoundCloud. Our SoundCloud, uh, first and number 10 sports.com. Um, definitely give us a follow. Let, let us know. We're like we said, we're both enjoying doing this, and uh, we're happy and excited to keep doing it. Yeah, and if if you want to follow our personal Twitter accounts, um, uh, my, mine is Mike under. I mean Mike Clement underscore. And uh, mine is Cage DePaulo K A I G E. And uh, yeah, I think that's all we have for today, Michael. Yeah, um, I think it's uh we're we're ready to head out here. Um, have a have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, it's Chase Daniel, not Chase Daniels. Alrighty. <laughs>